Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am Ashley, and I am so happy to have you here with me today. I am super thrilled for today's episode. I'm sitting here with Jamie from Music Teachers Expand Online Podcast, and uh, this is a really exciting episode because we're doing something that I've never done on the podcast that I'm really stoked about, and that is that on... Wednesday, last Wednesday, we had an episode release on um, Jamie's podcast where I was the guest and Jamie interviewed me and we talked about the idea of showing up in the online space and owning it, right? Owning your unique brilliance. And on her episode, we really dove into the mindset of that and what it takes to be able to do that. And today I cannot wait because I'm going to be asking Jamie some questions about how you can show up in the online space and own it from a more tactical and strategic standpoint. So before we dive into that topic, Jamie, can you just give us an introduction and tell us a little bit more about you? Absolutely. Thank you, Ashley. Yes, I absolutely loved our episode and I am so excited to kind of continue the conversation. And I am Jamie Slutsky. I am a technology strategist. I come to the music space from the only instrument I've ever played is a computer keyboard kind of idea. I have my degree in computer science and I have decided to invest in working with music educators. And I love it because of the opportunities that you create for your students. And I mean, I'm all about the technology. I'm all about making the best use of the technology that is at hand and using the right tools at the right time for the right reasons and all of that. And I guess the biggest thing that I want to make sure everyone knows before we we get into this is that I like to make tech fun and intriguing and not scary. Like that is my biggest thing. Let's break down the roadblocks. Let's break down the I can'ts. Let's find a way to make you, you know, to help you feel comfortable and confident so that you can let your brilliance show through online. That's really what it's all about. Oh, I love that so much. I wish I had encountered you earlier on in my journey because as I shared on the episode we did on your podcast, that was one of the main barriers for me. You know, when everything switched online, I was kind of forced into the online space with COVID. Uh, I, I didn't do much online before that because I was so intimidated by the technology. And I've encountered a lot of teachers that feel the same. So I'm curious from your standpoint, when you encounter, well, when people find you and they decide to work with you, where are they in, in the expanding online process? That is such a good question. And it, it varies. It absolutely varies. Most of my clients have a Facebook account or an Instagram account that they use somewhat regularly. They might be on Facebook so that they're in Facebook groups. They might be on Instagram because they are looking at influencers or at other people who are further down the road. And 
you know, they might have their own following in some way, shape, or form. They might be teaching some online lessons and want to get into the one-to-many programming, you know, digital products, workshops, group programs, courses, those kinds of things. And the tech just like overwhelms them. So they're like, I can't do that. I'm going to stick with something that I have figured out enough to make work. That's often where they're at is like, it is a little bit in a self-deprecation of like, I can't do that. I can't learn that. And then they find me and I am like polar opposite of what they expect to see and what they expect to do. And I'm like, yeah, you can figure this out. I'm happy to give you a hundred Loom videos so that I'm giving you tailored, customized advice so that you can actually feel confident using the tech. Because when you feel confident using the tech that you're using, you're going to show up better. You're going to own it like we were talking about on my episode. Yes. That totally makes sense. And when it comes to showing up and owning it, what do you feel like are some of the common themes that you see people struggle with, people that you're working with? I would say that one of the biggest struggles that people have online is that they are not specific enough. They are not owning their genius, owning their uniqueness, owning their one thing. Because it's a lot easier to become known for one thing than to be the generalist. It is really hard online to be a generalist. You have let that say that ship sail. It sailed about 15 years ago. I missed it. I'm just going to put it out there. I pretty much missed it. And I've been online for 13 plus years doing this stuff. Um, we need to be specific. If you teach in the offline space, if you're teaching piano and you're also teaching, you know, young kids how to, you know, just feel the music, you have to pick one and then you have to drill down even further into that so that you can stand out and so that you have a nice consistent message. It doesn't have to stay like that forever. It can expand from there. But getting your footing online is a lot easier when you are super specific. So like that is probably the one thing above and beyond that, uh, that we work on initially. Yes, I, that is, it's so important. And I think there's a lot of resistance or I've seen a lot of resistance because people don't want to leave people out right? When you're online, it's a, it's a much larger market than if you're just marketing to like your town and you're teaching in-person lessons. And oftentimes I think people have this misconception that if you are really specific, you're going to leave people out, but it's that specificity that shows people you are for them. And one example that I always give, so my casual, the confident piano player program is for adult piano players that are either self-taught or returning to the piano after a long break in lessons. That is very, very, very specific. It's not for beginners. It is, uh, there are some professionals in there, but it's, it's very much not for beginners. And when I first created the program, I was so worried about leaving out the beginners and I learned, kind of like you're saying, through trial and error, it was actually a lot easier to market the program and a lot easier to talk about the program and a lot easier to sell the program when I got more specific and when there was one specific person I was talking to uh, because it, it made me get really clear on my marketing and my messaging and how I was creating content for those people. Exactly. And then the nice thing is, is now that you have this 
asset, you have this course, this program, you can then say, what does somebody need before they're ready for this program? And you can create content, you can create another program for them that it comes before. Or you could say, now that they've mastered this program, that, now that they've completed this program, what's next for them? And you can use that as a launch pad or even, okay, now that they've gone through this program, what is another avenue that they might want to go that is not before or after this program necessarily, but it is like on par, but a different vantage point. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe you did something with, you know, classical music and you go with jazz, same level of difficulty from beginning to end as your current course, but it's a different modality. And so you have the ability, once you have been specific and, you know, feel good and you've been able to market this to go a lot of different directions um, online. But it all starts with that one thing. And it seems counterintuitive, right? Because it's like in getting specific, you actually open yourself up exactly like you're saying to a lot more freedom. Because once you're specific and you have success with that one thing, it does open up all of those other avenues and all of those other channels. But if you're not getting specific, I think people spend a lot of time hitting their head against the wall because they're not having success in what they're trying to do because they're not specific enough. And so then you're, you're actually stuck where you are. So even though it's counterintuitive, the getting specific creates more, more freedom there. Now, when you, when you're working with people from a more technical standpoint, what kind of tools do people need or what kind of tools would be helpful in getting specific? Do you have specific exercises that you do with your clients or ways that you help them figure that out if they're struggling with that? Um, of course I do. <laughs> um, you, know, you know, I think that a lot of it is is journaling and, you know, and prompts and things like that. And one of my favorite prompts that I give my clients is to think about three to five of their favorite students from the past six to 12 months. You may not be working with that student right now, but if they were someone who lit you up when you said, oh, I have so-and-so on my schedule for today and you are just in a better mood, think about all the reasons why that was such a productive relationship, why that was such a great student for you, what it brought out for you, and then also think about some of the things that didn't work so well with other students. And you can start to create a list of maybe it's the, their personality. You know, it could even be their age, their gender, their, you know, if you're working with adults, it could be that you find that you're working better with people who are also in the service space, or you're working better with people who are in the retail space or white collar workers or blue collar. I mean, you don't know until you look at what actually lights you up to think about, oh, well, there is this commonality between these three and three to five students. Okay, well, there's something there. What can I do deeper? And then you think about what would that student not even bat an eye and say, yes, I'm going to do this with her or with him, with this teacher. What is it that they are going to say yes to as long as, you know, the price and the time and all the other things, but like what theoretical topic could you talk about that you know that they would be a yes to? And that's how you get specific. 
I love that. It's that's such easy, tangible advice too, because everybody, everybody can relate to that. Everybody can think of probably pretty instantly those three to five students that were their very favorite, um, that gave them energy where they left those lessons being like, I'm on top of the world. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. So when you have, uh, when you see people expanding in the online space and you're like, they are doing it, they are owning it, they are showing up, they are standing in their unique brilliance. What other kinds of things are they doing? Like what are the commonalities between people that you see that are doing that? Resilience. I don't know what to post today. So I posted my breakfast. You know, it's not the greatest example, But if you have been posting consistently, if you have been engaging consistently, you get a little bit of a break when you post a picture of your dog, your breakfast, your, yeah, whatever it is, you get a little bit of a break. And so I think it's, it's the consistency and warmth and like invitation, you know, when you're, when you're posting and you're showing up and you're commenting on people's um, online content. It's not just self-serving. It is giving and being gracious. And I think that this is one of the reasons why I love working with music teachers and piano teachers, you know, and everybody is because it's inherent in who you are because what your job is, what your business is, is inherently giving. And so it's a lot easier to just show up as yourself, as the giving, caring, kind person that you are. and and be good with it. Um, so yeah, I think that showing up as yourself and not being self-serving is, are the, probably the two biggest things that I see people being successful with. I have a client who grew her Facebook group from, um, in our program that helps people create their courses, grew a Facebook group from nothing to over 7,000 people within a couple of months because she was giving because she knew her audience, because she was able to provide value that wasn't available elsewhere. And it's, it's absolutely remarkable, you know, and we have another client who actually was going through the program at the same time, who had been giving, giving, giving online for years and only took on private clients. And so as soon as he said, I am going to open up and create this course, he had this influx. I think he had 30 people join his course on his first launch because he had gave so much over the years and his offer, his, his coaching was out of reach for so many of the people who were following him. So he was then able to make his acts, you know, himself be more accessible to them through his course. So give what people need. Yes. I love that so much. I think it's really common for people to get a little bit caught up on what I like to call vanity metrics of like how many likes their posts are getting or how many followers they have or how many people are commenting on something. And when people get caught up on vanity metrics and we're all guilty of it at, you know, at certain points, it's, it's really self-serving. It's about the ego, right? And if you keep in mind what you're saying, which is how do I show up and provide value? How do I build community? How do I offer something that maybe isn't in the market and really just give to people? Um, You're always going to have success, right? Because even when you think about building a business outside of the online space, a lot of those skill sets transfer. It's like connection with actual human beings. And if you're not 
if you're not remembering that and you're not, if that's not a center of your business, it's going to be so much harder if you're just paying attention to likes or followers um, and those vanity metrics, which ultimately don't always translate to business, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And just the same, what you do on social media is not just posting on social media. You post, but you comment, you connect, you collaborate, you do so much more than just posting because posting is um, a broadcast. It's a one-way conversation. And everything with social media that works is a two-way conversation. It's being social. So I we could probably beat that topic you know, into the ground. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important to – to, to be social and to interact and to meet people where they're at. Yes, that I, I yeah, I, I totally agree. That's like a whole, we could probably do like a five hour episode just on that topic. <laughs> um, so what are some of your favorite tools? Like when we're talking about actual tools that you're a fan of or that you use online that ha- can help people show up and own it in the online space? Yeah, so I am a huge fan if you are teaching one-to-one or any type of live music instruction. Um, my go-to platform for that is Musi. Um, and I, I've known Sam at Musi for a few years now, and I'm just so impressed with the quality of the product and the attentiveness of him and his team to the to the music teachers who use the platform. So I am going to talk about that until the cows come home or until he gets acquired. And then I'll probably talk about whatever <laughs> product it is at that point. But that is my recommendation if you are teaching live um, live music over online. And then um, I'm going to go a little bit more general because I don't necessarily have specifics. If you are creating a course, then my platform of choice is Thinkific. I have been a Thinkific expert for six years, seven years. I've been like listed as an expert there. And the reason why I like that platform is because it does your video hosting, it does your content hosting, it does your sales page, it does your set, your your checkout, it does all of that, and it's an it's a pretty easy to use platform, and I think that it's important to use something that helps you show up as good as possible. So while me personally, I don't use Thinkific because I'm a coder. I use WordPress and LearnDash and different tools like that. Those are not the right tools for somebody who wants to show up and deliver and be, you know, and feel confident with their with their tech. I will never I, I love WordPress and I will take WordPress every single day, but I give it to as the recommendation to clients very very little. If they're blogging, yes. But if they're creating a course, Probably not. So that's kind of like you have to find the right tool to help yourself shine. So those are are two tools that I can recommend. Um, Email marketing, I recommend ConvertKit for that. I think it's got a good balance of functionality, features, and ease of use. Um, I think that if you are taking payments that you want to find a system that process. I know that you and I met through the conversations around Fonz. Um, I think Fonz is a fabulous product. Um, 
I haven't needed to use it myself because I'm not a music teacher and I don't offer that type of service, but I do think that that's a really great product as well. So there are a lot of tools out there. And if I have not said the tool that you're thinking about using or that you are actively using and you're like, but, but, but Jamie, what about this? If it's not broken and it's working for you, ignore the last five minutes of what I just said. If it's not, if it's not broken and it's doing what it needs to do, don't change your technology. That is like my number one rule. I have a client, actually several clients who use Wix for their websites. It's not a platform I like using, but it's working for them and that's more important. So that's always my answer. Yeah. And that's a great answer. And if you want to send me links, I can include those in the show notes to those different platforms that you mentioned. I think it's such a balance with technology of exactly what you said. Like if it's not broken, you don't need to fix anything. And I know for me personally, so I used to use Wix and then I got to the point in my business where I was expanding a lot and I I had this program and I was enrolling quite a few people in this program. And it got to the point where every single person I was enrolling, I was having to have like personal email conversations with them about how to get them logged into their accounts and how to get them access to the course and all of that. And I realized I was like, you know what? I will never actually be able to scale this as long as it's going to take this much one-on-one attention from me in order to get them into the program period. Like it's never going to work. And so I actually switched at that point to Kajabi, which is what I use now to host all of my courses and all of that. And for me, that's definitely a point where like my business completely exploded because it was solving a problem. So there was something broken and I had to fix it. But up until that point, you're totally right. Like Wix worked for me for what I was doing up until that point. I didn't need to change over. And so I didn't. And so I think it is, you know, as long as it's working, keep it because changing technology, it was a huge pain in the butt to get all of those founding members over to the new platform. But once the system was implemented and once it was working well, like I will stay with Kajabi as long as I possibly can, because I'm happy and I, there's no reason for me to change that now. Um, and so until that changes or unless that changes, I won't have to do it again, which is great. Yes. Kajabi is a fantastic platform. It is just happened that I found Thinkific before I found Kajabi. You know, like sometimes it's happenstance. (laughs) If it's not broken, I'm giving you the same advice I gave every listener just now. If it's not broken, don't mess with it. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that we really need to remember is what is our goal? Like, is your goal to have an impact and income that, you know, is two, three, eight times what you're currently doing, then we want to pick tools that are going to grow with us like you did with Kajabi. But if your goal is to stay about the same size, then again, like pick the tools that keep you in a price point and an, uh, and an, functionality point that keep you where you are. So like, don't, don't go and buy the biggest and the best, because if you're only using 5% of the biggest and best, wouldn't it make a lot more sense to use 85% of something that is super specific to what you are, you know, trying to achieve? I mean, wouldn't it be much better to be using a huge portion of the product that you have chosen to use? Yeah, I love that advice. And that's such a that's such a strategic way to think about it too, because 
as a business owner, of course, there's always going to be the expense that you incur, incur right? And for me at the time, like Kajabi was a big jump because it's what it was exp- way more expensive than Wix, but exactly what you said. I was like, but I'm going to be using like 90% of what they offer. Um, and so for that reason, it was important, but there's so many tools out there. And I think sticking to the one that will work for you and utilizing it to the maximum is, um, is, is the best option out there. And the other thing that I tell my clients a lot too, is like make use of the resources available. You and I met, I think in the Fonz Facebook group and Fonz is the payment platform, which is amazing. I will always be recommending Fonz until the end of time. Um, and that Facebook group is like a free resource. They have a YouTube channel that explains how to use their product. They have that Facebook group. Same thing with Kajabi. Like they have a Facebook group, they have a YouTube channel. They have all of this free training that goes along with it. And so I think if you are going to invest in a tool, make use of all the resources that come come with that and really learn how to use that tool to its fullest advantage. I know in the Kajabi group, I've been educated about some business things that I maybe would have not known about otherwise, just simply because I'm taking advantage of this free resource. And same with the Fonz Facebook group. You know, you get to meet other people, you get to see what other businesses are doing. And I think that can be so valuable. Yeah, I think that that is, that we have all, and I know that, you know, as a piano player and a musician, this is really true for you. We have all gone through the process of beating ourselves up and trying to figure it out. You know, maybe you had to do something you've never done before on the piano and you just had to work through it and work through it and figure it out. There isn't an instruction manual to help you move your fingers in the way that you need to. There are instruction manuals for all the technology. And if there are not instruction manuals, there's a help desk. There is always um, somebody who can help you to get where you need to go with the technology because the companies, the, the software services, that's their primary business is delivering you excellent quality software so that you can show up as yourself and do what it is that you're doing as easily as possible. Remember that. So yeah, that's 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 like a big, big thing um, that we want to make sure that we don't lose sight of the fact that the tech is there to help you. It's not there to overwhelm you. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Um, so bringing it kind of back to owning it, if there were, so at at the end of your, the episode that we recorded for your podcast, I gave listeners a piece of advice of something that they could do between the time that they listened to that episode last Wednesday and this episode. And so going forward, when, you know, people are really wanting to own it in their space, they're wanting to level up, they're wanting to be able to show up in their unique brilliance. What is a piece of advice or a list of things that you would tell these music teachers that could really help them move the needle on that? Ooh, that is a layered question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I think that kind of what we were talking about of the specificity. If you don't feel like you're reaching your target audience, Get a little bit more specific. And the best way to do that, I mean, we're near the beginning of the month right now as this episode is coming out. Say, okay, for the next 30 days, I am going to focus all of my content on one specific thing and test it out. And 
you know, in your first couple of messages saying, hey, I'm trying something out. I am going to talk specifically about the black keys. You know, like you could get that specific and see how your how things go. Keep track of the engagements. Keep track of your follows. Like, are you getting new followers? Comment, you know, on their posts. Send them DMs. Be communicative with them. So that's one thing. The other thing is that if you are in a, in the space where you're looking to level up your software, look at what it is that the current software that you are using what it does for you, and what it's lacking. Because when you're looking at a new piece of software, you obviously want to bring in something that bring that fixes the things that your current software is lacking. But if we can get bring in and augment that and also get rid of a piece of software at the same time, then, then we're in a winning situation. Um, because you don't need to have more software. You don't need to have more software. And it's easier to show up when you know that you've got a small tech stack, you've got tools that you know exactly why they're there, what they're doing for you. It makes it easier for you to move forward. So I guess that's really the, the, two, the two sides is don't bloat your systems and get really specific, even just as an experiment and see how that goes in the social space. I love that. That's such great advice. And I agree about the tech too, because like, there's no reason to be paying for five tools that have crossover on the things that they can do, right? Um, if you can get one tool that does all the things or one, maybe one tool that does most of the things, that's such a smarter way to do it. So um, this has been so wonderful, Jamie. So go back and listen to uh, Music Teachers Expand Online, that episode that came out last Wednesday, where you'll hear Jamie interviewing me about the same topic, but diving more into the mindset topic. And then uh, dig into some of those other episodes, because I know you have so many episodes that are really helpful um, in just the expanding online space and getting really specific about how teachers can do that um, on various topics. So thank you so much for spending this time with me. Is there any last things you want to say to the listeners or anything you want to leave people with? Uh, I just want to say you've got this. And you, if you want to do something online, just look and decide and commit to it. It doesn't matter how big or how small it is. You've got the knowledge to succeed online and you may not know how to do it, but there are resources available. I love that. I agree. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to have you. And to all the listeners, I cannot wait to talk with you next week. Have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.